When did it stop being fun? Jesus came to give us life abundant. Somewhere along the way, religiosity has squashed the joy of the relationship Jesus intended. Welcome to The Easy Wife, a podcast of grace and the promises of the new covenant. Two sisters, one savior, and a wealth of fun. Hi, I'm Jamie Amarine, and this is my sister, Stacy Todd. Hello. Tonight, we are recording again live from KGMZ Studios here in Abilene, Texas, and I'm feeling super cool to be in a real-life studio. How about you, Stacy? I feel pretty cool. We sound amazing. <laughs> For as navely and Texasy and raspy as we are, this we sound so stinking good. As modern technology, we do not sound like this. Did you anymore. hear when we walked in the guy at the front desk? Yeah, we it don't sounded sound like, like him. butter. I know his voice says hello. <laughs> That's not us. We do not have a voice for radio. We don't. We have faces for. We should be on television. I know. What? Okay. In addition to our support from KGNZ Radio, which is life-changing music, and you can find online on Facebook, and I'll include the links. Um, I also want to remind you to check out our Rodan and Fields Consulting Company by re- by visiting the. It's not the Easy Wife. It's easywife.myrndf.com. Right now we have an awesome promo. If you try any skincare regime, we will pay for your shipping and give you a free 60-day supply of Lash Boost, which is fabulous. You can't see us again. But if our voices sounded as good as our lashes look, you would just be hypnotized. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And um, Stacy's rocking a new hairdo, too. Wow, so blonde. So blonde. <laughs> it's my easy wife blonde. <laughs> easy wife blonde hair. So tonight we are going to be talking about the wife life again. This is season three, episode four, and we are calling this contentment. Oh. Contentment. Which I had a post this last week about married life. I can't even remember what I called it. I have gotten more emails about this, so I know we're going to be able to talk about it. It was like epic... And how to have an epic marriage. Something like that. Um, but then, coincidentally or not coincidentally, either way, um, we got a, a, a text from a friend of ours, and she sent us a, a, a teaching by, say his name, Paul White. Mm-hmm. On Paul content- White Ministries. Yeah, on contentment. And, um, yeah, it was two tips for an epic marriage is the one that I wrote. And it's actually going to be some cornerstone content for my blog. And it was kind of easy to write because I just finished up writing Sacred Ground Sticky Floors. But for our listeners that don't know, um, we um, had a hard week at my house. Was your house well, your house was hard just because you were de- dealing with bored teens that were not content. Yes, there was no contentment. There was no house, contentment there. There was it was different than your house. But um, at our house, we had um, uh, our recent foster placement joy baby that was with us for almost nineteen months that transitioned home to mama, and um, has since left the state with her mom and dad to start um, a new life somewhere else. And um, we were sad. We yeah. just still sad. Still sad. We still are sad. Um, just having a really um, sad, sad time with that. And so. But I was telling Stacy that I was driving, and I was by myself, which I don't know why. Why was I by myself? I'm never by myself. But um, I was by myself, and I was just crying, like ugly cry, like flailing snot, tears, grief-stricken crying. And I just all of a sudden went, Jesus, I can't, I can't get on top of this, and I need you right now. 
to show me that this is okay. And it was like that. Mm-hmm. I was done crying and I felt his presence and I felt like he just went, this is okay. They're okay. You're okay. This is okay. And, and ever since then, it's not that I don't miss her. And it's, I mean, you saw me cry twice today. It, you know, it sneaks up on you. I'm used to that. I'm used to her. I miss her. But I'm struck by the fact that I'm content and okay. Yeah, and I know that for you that's a big deal because you haven't had a lot of peace about things in the past. No, I've been a hot mess. <laughs> I, that, was a, that was not me saying that in a nice way. I just I know. <laughs> no, it's fine. I know what you're saying. <laughs> such well, a refreshing thing that you're not such a complete Well, I don't that. even know. Our friend Tracy that sent us the, the sermon from Paul White this morning, I, I'm not even sure. She has a lot going on. and I think She's, she's in, in Italy. Italy. Yeah. So she's pretty content right now. Yeah. I don't even know why she's watching a sermon on contentment. I feel so torn about my emotions in like, Italy. Should I have gelato or <laughs> again? Uh, I'm, not, I'm totally not making fun of it. Should me, I go on a walk alone in the sunset <laughs> with Rome in the background with I'm my so lo- my true love? Actually, though, her, the sermon was really about how we get blessed. And then that changes our level of contentment because then when we're not getting it, we're like, hey, where's that blessing? Right. (laughs) No, that's true. It's true. I mean, instead of being thankful for that blessing at the time, and I'm not suggesting at all that that's how you should feel about this, but I'm just saying that that's what he was talking about. It's like if we didn't have it, we wouldn't even know we were missing. He Mm -hmm. was talking – one of the examples he gave – was and I want we'll link this in our podcast comments. It's a be great, sure and write that down, Missy, because okay. I listened to our podcast from last week and you were like, "We're going to link that," and I was like, "I didn't link that." By we, I mean you. <laughs> By yeah, so you're going to so, want to tell me what to link. Stop just throwing out links and acting like all is okay. well and good. I hope you can read my handwriting. But okay. anyway, so he was talking about he went to a classic car show and he loves cars and he said I started and I think he lives in. Missouri. Or, and this is Paul White. Yeah, Paul White. And he was saying, anywhere, somewhere hot and humid. He was like, all of a sudden I noticed these awesome, amazing cars that I wish I had did not have any vents. Like they don't have air conditioning because they're old cars. And he's like, and back then they didn't have air conditioning. They And they wouldn't have, I mean, somebody eventually thought about like, hey, it would be really great if I had cold air blowing in my face and I wasn't right. dripping sweat on my awesome leather seats. And then they went even so far as to make the leather seats blow air up your butt have you seen that that? so weird i know it's very refreshing i I like it better than the heated seats the heated seats always make me feel like i wet myself (laughs) (laughs) okay my husband can turn them on without me knowing and i'm like what just happened happened? anyway um what were you talking i have no idea air conditioning anyway he was saying about contentment if you'd never had air conditioning, you wouldn't know what you're missing. And then you have air conditioning, and your air conditioning goes out, and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's so true. I don't know anybody ever lived without it, personally. but Well, when we were in Utah, remember, Aunt Linda always had swamp coolers. Yeah. And it always seemed comfortable to me. But but then, you know. They don't live in... No. But I can see that. Texas That's either. true. When you haven't gone... Well, so this leads into a good point that I've been using... For an example that my readers are probably going to go, yes, we get it. But the grass hut, mm-hmm. I love the grass hut analogy. And the grass hut analogy is that, well, we're going to lead into 
the comparative, because I think the comparative is where we always fall apart in our contentment, in our marriage, and we, we can get into that. But the grass hut analogy is that if me and my husband and my however many children were living in a grass hut in a grass village, and a missionary came through and he said, I want to tell you about the saving love of Jesus Christ. And he told us about it and we, we saw the truth and believed and he left and he left us without worship music, um, Bibles, Bible studies, highlighters, pens, alarm clocks, and all the things that we manage our spirituality with. Mm-hmm. What would salvation look like? And so I always say, I'm going back to the grass hut. I want to go back to the grass hut and, and look at what I'm, what I'm saying about this or this and how I'm comparing it. If I didn't have all of these things, would I still have the truth of Jesus Christ? And then to believe that. And so, um, but I think that, and that's, I think, a healthy comparison, like to, to what is go it? Go backwards. Go backwards. <laughs> yeah. But it's when we're going forward. And so, and the reason I came to that conclusion with my marriage, especially, is that I always thought forever and um, which we're coming up on our one year anniversary of falling into the grace message. Mm-hmm. Happy anniversary. Almost in August, I guess we should celebrate. But um, is that what I thought I needed for my relationship or for my marriage, for my walk with God to be perfected is for Justin and the kids to be perfected. So I was doing all these things to perfect it, make it perfect, which included, you know, getting up at 5 a.m., spending time alone in the Word, like a checklist that was laminated, and everybody had a copy of it, but I was the only one doing it. And then when I failed or they messed up, it was all my fault. And I was so discontent and unhappy in that place and so stressed and just downright miserable. Because I thought I was in trouble all the time. Well, and you never know when it's enough. That was my mm-hmm. whole thing, is that none of those things are bad. I mean, praying for your kids, praying for your husband, um, tithing, Bible study, whatever it is, fasting. When is When have you done enough? Right. And the, the only issue for me now is that I counted it among the things that made me righteous. Right. And so I, it was never enough. And it was certainly never enough by Justin's standards because what I saw is what Justin needed to be doing in order for me to have a perfected marriage is he needed to be like the praise and worship leader at church and he needed to have a wide assortment of ties and he needed to be speaking in tongues and raising his hands and praising and worshiping and basically stop being Justin. Right. Which isn't that sad? It is sad. I kind of hope he doesn't I mean, listen to this one, but it's true. I thought that's what it was. I thought that's what... Well, if you're comparing and you see someone else's husband in church that's a completely different personality than him, and I don't, I'm not going to say that people can't be transformed. I've no. seen I've seen that happen in people, and that I think that's different than than what we're talking about. Right. Because, no, absolutely. Because people can be transformed and all of a sudden have something like that. But I thought that that was contingent on our being blessed. Right. And instead, if you look at it from this point of view, of what Christ created in Justin as a believer, just Justin, and he knows him as an individual. He knows me as an individual. He knows my children as individuals. And yes, to become one. And, you know, we've, we've been talking about all that. That's perfect. But I would like to submit that Justin no sooner would 
completely morph into this person than he would, you know, what did I say? Wear a tutu while he was plowing. Right. It's just, and that's the, that's back at the grass hut. Back at the grass hut, if everybody is made not, there's, there's not that comparison. You're a good fisher or you're not a good fisher, but there's no church, like an actual building to serve. And we just know Jesus and it's not measured in those things and we're not looking at somebody else and going, well, their husband's doing that, and my husband's not doing that. Right. But then even to a greater extent, the unhappiness if, you know, you're, you're um, yoked with an unbeliever. Absolutely. And being able to let go of that and let Jesus be Jesus, and your focus being, yes, this part of my marriage, I want to be different. Yes, I want salvation and redemption for him and unity within our family. But can I be content with Jesus as my own in this season. Right. Yeah, and it is hard. I think one of, you mentioned in your blog post and uh, something that we deal with that you certainly don't deal with in a grass hut or that we didn't deal with at the first part of our marriage is Facebook. Right. And I think not in just marriages, but since it's the easy wife and that's what we're talking about, that Facebook can really cause that discontentment in relationships or life in general because you see people are I mean it's basic just self-glorification that's what Facebook <laughs> is it's like even if people are trying to be funny they're still trying to get be funny right? well you're still you're getting to see all of it you're getting to see the vacations you're getting to see well, the graduation you're not seeing all of it you're seeing right. all the good right well that's true yeah because people aren't yeah they're not I mean every once in a while you get somebody who's posting uh, something sad something sad or something you know that's real life you know messy house or i try and be real but for the most part you want to post things that are entertaining or look, pictures that look nice and things that your kids are doing that make you proud or and it's fun and it's i fun. enjoy it. it is a lot of it is a lot of fun but we do i mean if we go on a date night we do post pictures of our food and us and we do and so if you aren't in that season of your life for whatever reason maybe you have four little kids and you can't afford a babysitter or you know we've been there or for whatever reason maybe you're not in a good place in your marriage where you're having date nights that is can be really cause discontentment and it's like bringing that to you uh, to your attention mm -hmm. that you're, you don't have that right i don't have what they have mm -hmm. which i actually i think prior to facebook don't you think that that was kind of soap operas oh yeah that's true like that you thought that it was just like going to be this insanely passionate <laughs> lipstick never messed up high heels. I mean, I just remember we used to watch days of our lives in the summer. It was so inappropriate. It was so inappropriate. But I remember thinking that that just was so glamorous and appealing. And I know people really got kidnapped a lot though. Stefano DeMera. I know. He, he was, was a psychopath. Why didn't somebody do something about that? I don't know. You know, that's Jennifer Aniston's dad. What? Yeah. Stefano Demera is... No, that's not right. Oh, no. It's... Uh, who's the other one? Victor Kyriakis. <laughs> Why did you remember this stuff? I don't know. I have a memory like a steel well, trap. <laughs> that is her dad. No, Stefano Demera wasn't... Yeah. It's Victor, Victor Kyriakis. He was the new bad guy. Yeah. Well, anyway... <laughs> That's hardly the point. The point is, is that it's the comparative. And when we are in the comparative, are we content? So back to this um, 
that we watched with <laughs> Paul White. I, was I like, swear we have not been drinking. Oh my gosh. Was um, that he was talking about the scripture. I can do all things through Christ. Philippians 4.13. We throw that one around. Okay. Boom. We just like in your face. I can do all things. All things. Which, which we can. Yes. Absolutely. With Christ in us, we have the power of Christ in us. I agree. And I, there's a lot of other scriptures that I get more irritated about people throwing around. That one I'm not so irritated about. But I did not ever take the time, maybe, to look into what he was talking about and what Paul was talking about in Philippians. Not Paul White. Paul White brought this up. That in verse 11, he's, Paul, what t- Paul's talking about is contentment. So verse 11 says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I seriously had no idea. <laughs> I wish, I wonder if they would give us some of those little tools where you can push the button and it's like you make a mic drop or people are like cheering. We need to ask them, can we have cheering? That's insane to me. I know. I think we just get so focused on one thing, but that is. It, it's the old coffee mug, coffee mug scripture. Coffee mug scriptures. I can do all things through Christ. I mean, we do that with a lot if of I things. And sometimes, sometimes if you read, like people will put scriptures on coffee mugs or t-shirts and they're like, dude, you should read the verse right before that because he's talking about <laughs> taking you down. <laughs> That's you know, so funny. It, yeah. So, no, and I mean, it, the truth is, is like we said, yes, we can do all things through Christ, but people specifically Paul was talking about a certain I don't I don't know anything about basketball maybe some things about baseball just because I've overheard my husband and my son talking about them but some basketball player it was a basketball player yeah I know but it's an NBA player and he's like claimed this verse and it's even on his tennis shoes <laughs> claimed it it's <laughs> he's his claimed it um, but on his shoes like Nike whoever I want to get in trouble um I don't think enough people are listening to us for a second. Don't report me to Nike. Um, And Jennifer Aniston, we're sorry. We thought that Stefano Demero was your dad, (laughs) just for the record. I know. She's probably going to be mad. Um, Anyway, on his shoes, it says, I can do all things. It doesn't even have the Christ part, so that's kind of lame. Lame. But, um, yeah, he's claimed that verse 413, Philippians 413, because he can do all things, which means crossover and slam dunk on somebody or whatever like he can do all that right in your face but that's fascinating to me because that's the thing we can't do we can't do without i can do all things except for go without air conditioning yeah (laughs) yeah so what i love that for i mean i almost love the verse before that 412 before 413 where he's like i have got the secret I got it. You know. I, I've got the secret. I love it. It's like, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And mind you, at this time, he was getting the crap beat out of him <laughs> daily by Jewish people who didn't want to hear any good news. They wanted no, no good news. They didn't want the good news. And they just kept beating him up. And he was like, I'm fine with it. I'm content. Like, that's crazy. We would, 
as like Americanized Christians would not be able to handle that very no. well. Well, listen, I wouldn't we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about what it's like to be in that place of want. And then maybe, I don't know, I, I, for right now, I think I can kind of identify. I don't want to say I'm Paul. I don't want anybody to beat me up. And I still want my air conditioning. But when we get back, we're going to talk about that a little bit. When we're in seasons of grief and we end up in positions where we've looked outside of what is right and good to something else. So we'll be right back. The Easy Life with Jamie and Stacy is being made possible in part by KGNZ Radio. For over 36 years and counting, KGNZ has been the place hundreds of thousands of West Texans have turned for life-changing music. Find KGNZ on air within an 80-mile radius of Abilene, Texas on 88.1 FM, in and around San Angelo at 90.9, and in Lubbock on 88.5. The station also covers Snyder and Graham, Texas. Listen live online 24-7 at KGNZ.com or via the free KGNZ app. From Petra to Skillet, Stephen Curtis Chapman to Lecrae, Focus on the Family to 20 The Countdown Magazine, KGNZ is your local home for good news, great music. Now, back to the easy life. So we're back. I kind of mumbled through that, but what I meant was, so in the last 21, 21 days before, well, let's see, I turned it in last week. I turned in Sacred Ground Sticky Floors, the book, mm-hmm. and I wrote it in 21 days from the, the day that John started the Crucible, which is our oldest son, who's, he was doing his Marine, um, the last part of his Marine boot camp, and the Crucible is this... 45 mile hike over 54 hours with limited food and all this stuff. And it was the day that our joy baby left. And so I just started writing and it was the rawest place that I've probably ever been in so many ways. And I knew that it was going to be hard to be writing it anyway, because it was talking about, you know, raising kids and all of that, you know, the good times and the bad times and things like that. I have never been more in love with Jesus but a couple of years ago, it would have been a hot mess. The things that would have brought me the content, contentment would have been utterly physical, food, exercise, um, shopping. Netflix. Net, well, yeah, I only just got into Netflix. I know you think that's weird. Mm-hmm. She's accused me of being Canadian. I am not like sandwiches or movies. But... um. I think that that is very easy when you're in a place of unhappiness to say, I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ, but then not fall into his arms. Like it's, um, it's easy to say it, but to do it is new for me. And I even especially like remember that when um, my husband's brother died and I, my goal was to stay busy and I ran us ragged. Yeah. Um, homeschool track and homeschool swimming and just busy, 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 busy. And it was like the credit went to Jesus. And I told people that it was all Jesus all the time, you know, and because we were listening to multiple rosaries on the road and it was a busy work. It wasn't actually falling into his arms and being content with, with where we are. 
Well, it's funny you say that because I, when I was listening to that Paul White message today, and we weren't listening at the same time together, I was thinking about this year that God has called me to rest from a lot of things. And I didn't even know what that meant. Like, I knew that's what he was telling me, and the word just kept coming up constantly and I was like okay rest like sleep in like Mm -hmm. I didn't know and I'd heard that before like rest and enter his rest or you know and I just have been learning over the past year what that means and to me that contentment and that rest are very closely intertwined very closely I mean you can you can rest in the work of Jesus and his work in your life and his love for you and all these things. And that will bring you contentment in whatever is going on in your life, no mm-hmm. matter what it looks like. Um, and no matter what the world is saying is going to happen or should happen or whatever, you can be content and rest in truth. Mm-hmm. So that's really a lot of what I was pulling from. And I was just thinking, you know, as we, both I knew we were both listening to that today so I was like we should talk about this because I feel like I've been discontent with things in my marriage before and wanted things to be different and then you know it just gets you on a track of 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 discontent of horrible thoughts you know and not being thankful for the things the gifts in your marriage and the growth in your marriage and the for your plan part, for the marriage the plan for the marriage and really, that can come from a lot of places, whether it's Facebook and comparing your your marriage to other people or comparing your spouse to another man. And that just leads down a horrible road. Um, and uh, thankfully, it never got to that point. But we've all had you know issues in our marriage where we're like, oh, why can't it be better or like this or different? Or why does he have to do that or whatever? And you can either focus on those things and really cause problems in your marriage I mean that's that's only going to cause a decline in that issue I oh think. yeah or you can focus on how God is using those things to strengthen character to strengthen your relationship I mean I know for us anytime we've had hard times and it sa- seemed really you know crappy for a season uh, we always came out of it better it always was for for good it was always for growth and I, in the end, I was always so thankful that we went through those things. So, I mean, I, sometimes it's hard to see that when you're in the middle of it. Yeah. Well, and um, it's interesting because, um, like, even in this, in this season of loss, um, the way that Justin has responded um, has been fascinating to me because he was, I mean, he still is, you know, very in love with Joy Baby. And um, he said the other day you know we you always say we're, we're either people of restoration or we're not and this is restoration mm-hmm. and we have a loss but this is restoration and and to me that was the the all i can do all things it was just all of a sudden yeah it is and it's we're, we're so focused on in our society i think we're so focused on meeting a certain perfection and we think we've crossed a finish line and I think when the finish line never comes, that's another series of huge discontent. You know, it's just the statement. It's one thing after another. Yeah, yeah it is. It's, and, and it's, it's going to be being one thing after <laughs> Especially another. Especially when you have a big family. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things. I mean, I'm not 
to diminish anybody who doesn't, but it's like when you have a bunch of kids, somebody's going to be in crisis all the, all the time. time. Usually more than one. Well, and actually, even if you don't have kids or there, there's still health issues, there's, there's, t- all, there's, there's tons of stuff that, you know, yeah. financial issues, things at churches. I mean, I think that's one thing, um, too, where, and, and this just came to me, but I think about that with church, the even if it wasn't just church, but any organized body that's your social outlet and a crack happens in that, and then all of a sudden everything's turn, turned upside down. Well, you know, I think it, it, it's the grass hut to one extent, but it's like um, uh, we have some friends in another town and they have this really close church community. I mean, they are do everything together. And it just came out that one of the family's daughters was having an affair with the youth pastor. Oh, no. And he was cute, and their family was cute and precious, and, you know, everybody is just utterly broken. And yes, that is sad, and that is something to grieve about. But that has nothing to do with your faith in Jesus Christ. No, those are people. Those are people that messed up. And I think that happens a lot, is that we we put too much weight in the people in our people and, in the leaders. and even in our even in our husbands and uh, and them and us and then you know there's that crack in that and it's it, it can't be about Jesus well and i remember you were talking about how you used to believe and how you thought um your husband's faith or his actions and his faith would affect your lives and i remember thinking that too and i um, and I don't. I wish I could remember where I read this, but I do remember some reading something that really impacted me in my marriage, and that was that I had to begin to trust God with Dean's failures. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't always going to make the right decisions, and it wasn't my job to point him out all the time or question him. It was my job to trust him and trust God in leading him, mm-hmm. and that sometimes he would. Things wouldn't go well, and he would fail, but he learns from that. Like, we have to be in a place where it's a safe place to fail in our marriage and make mistakes because we're willing to see them through those things. And and that's not always easy. I no, mean, it's hard. It's not. I mean, I, I, we, in, in a much lighter sense, we have kind of this joking thing where I will tell Dean he's missing a turn or you know, something he's doing while he's driving and he's like, I know. But then if I don't tell him, he's like, why didn't you tell me? That's insane. Do you know that happened to me in the car with a couple? And uh, what were their names? Um, Dan and Debbie. And we they were giving me a ride somewhere. And she kept barking at him. And I'm in the back seat, And I was thinking, this is like... If I talk to Justin like that, he I think he'd hit me. Like I think he'd like pop me in the mouth. And so she'd she'd go, Dan, stop, stop, stop. Like you're, you're, you need to break. You need to and I was thinking, Oh my gosh, I couldn't can't believe this marriage. He's about to pop her. Well then she turned around and started talking to me and he was almost in an accident and dovetailed and like the whole thing. And he turned around and he looked at her and he went, Dang it, Debbie. Pay attention. And she was like, Oh, sorry. And I was like, Oh, they have a thing. They have a thing. That's their thing. They're, Maybe he was legally blind. I don't know. But I was like, you got to be my eyes, in the Debbie. World? Dang it, Debbie. I was like, oh. well, we, I thought, we I thought quite go that far. <laughs> it's not quite that bad yet. 
Um, but we do, and we laugh about it because it's like, okay, if I don't say anything, then you're like, why? But if I do, you're like, I know. And it's just a man thing. Yeah. But anyway, so, but you have to have, I don't know what my point was in that story. I just want everybody to <laughs> that know. That was a great story. <laughs> what, what I'm living with here. No, I, I just mean, I just think in every one of our relationships, we have to have that safety of failure. It's okay. I mean, we're going to mess up. We can't expect perfection, especially out of our spouse. I don't want him to expect perfection out of me. No. And we can't expect that out of him. And he has to be able to make mistakes and have failures and know that I'm going to see him through that, that God's going to see us through it. And in the end, we're going to grow from it. Well, and this is, and maybe we should look into the context of this, but you know, two, two become one. And yes, they do, and then they have babies and all of those things. But we are still individuals, and the proof of that is that these marriages break apart. And when they do, you've lost that identity, or you've, you know, well, well I think even like I can't say her last name, Lisa Turkist, Turkist, Turkist. Turkist. You know, she recently announced that she's getting divorced, and she did an eloquent job of explaining herself and and. She did the best she could to protect her husband and all of that, but she's still a beloved daughter. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, I, th- I I know she's broken and shattered, but Jesus is still Jesus. Right. And we have, um, I think, for so long that that was what I missed. I thought Justin and I had to be exactly the same in our spiritual walk, in the exact same place, and we had to be doing these exact same things, and be. Because I was looking at everybody else and seeing what everybody else was doing, I assumed we were doing it wrong, and mostly he was doing it wrong because I was more spiritual or whatever, or, you know, I put on that air. Right. And because we weren't in the same place, that I was, we were in trouble, that that was that. And so, if he had left in that season, I would have believed that that was my curse. I mean, he... he didn't and I would like to think that he wouldn't but I do think that that's actually another mistake that we do make is to assume that we're above any of these things which I think is another important thing to point out if if you're of the belief that you can't fall into those traps it's much easier to fall into those traps right and um uh, I did say this in my um blog post you know I have four friends that have marriages that are ending two that cheated and two that were cheated on and of those four they all are ending because of facebook or well social media started on social media and it's you know um that place where and and one of them she talked to me about it um recently and and it was her that cheated Mm -hmm. and she said and it started out harmlessly hey how have you been haven't seen you since college and they started talking and he said something to the extent of, oh, I got to go. The wife is calling. And she put ha, ha, ha. And he came back and she and said, hey, I'm back. Are you there? And she said, yeah, it's funny that you said that because if I ever send a text with more than three exclamation points, my husband comes back to me and says, why are you yelling? And it went from there. They started making fun of their spouses and noted discontentment in them. Yes. It grew, it just snowballed. And she said, within two weeks, we were meeting for coffee. And two weeks after that, we were meeting in hotels. And she said, and we did it together. She said, I have the messages. So I can go back and look at 
where there were these little fractures in my relationship where I was not content. And all of a sudden, I thought I had someone that was going to fill those. And guess what? Guess what? (laughs) (laughs) They won't. No. And And she's lost custody of her children. Oh, my gosh. I cannot imagine. And But you're right. You know, you cannot... You have to humble yourself to know that that can happen to the best of us. It can. And I think when you get in a place, and I, I, I do say this quite often. I mean, um, I, I never want to be, it's, it's fun to, um, it's easy for us to, you know, talk about um, Justin and Dean and, and some of the stuff that we put up with. But to get to the point where you're absolutely positively making fun of someone or dissecting them and criticizing them and going on and on about their shortcomings is is definitely it, it makes and then too I think when we're doing that with our girlfriends if we're really picking someone apart and in a in a sense of play um where it's not even constructive like how would you deal with this but just like you won't believe what he does blah, 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 blah. we make that fracture wider in our discontentment and so I, I love that you know I can do all things through Christ in your marriage if that was what you were saying about something that you had a problem with with your husband, isn't your whole focus then on Christ? Like, yeah, he's he's not doing this right now. He's not in this place. But I love him for these reasons, and I love Jesus this much more. Right. Absolutely. I just, well, and I think just in talking about, <clears throat> I think we talked about this a little bit after we watched the Paul White video, was um, how discontentment really leads to sin in so many ways. I mm-hmm. mean, if you're discontent, you're not content in your your salvation mm-hmm. with Christ and your in your standing with God and who you are in Christ. You are going to be discontent, and you're going to be discontent with a lot of things. If you're discontent within your marriage, like you said, you can go outside of your marriage. You can um, it can lead to adultery. If you're discontent with your um, your appearance, you can become obsessed with dieting or eating or exercising shopping, or shopping. shopping. Yeah. I mean, all those things can lead to, if you're discontent with your financial status, that can lead to like cheating on your taxes or lying or stealing or, right. you know, all sorts of things. So that, that discontentment really is, can be a fracture in, in your life in so many ways. Yeah. Well, and so not the grass hut this time, but the prison cell where Paul is. Mm-hmm. Um, to say that you you would be content there is a real focus on what it means to be to fall into the arms of Jesus. Right. This is you know what you see in front of you isn't isn't the end, Mm-mm. and this is not what it's about. And to have that kind of mindset is really hard for us in our very Americanized luxurious lives right and grieving i think that i think when we're grieving the the thing that has for years plagued me about grief was for one thing the terror of grief because i didn't want to hurt and i and and that's fine but i've come to this and and i i I actually have said it quite a bit lately but this place of grief it hurts but like the thing that i'm grieving or the human i'm grieving now she's worth that She's a celebration of loss. And I th- and and we don't grieve well in the United States at all. You know, I always say that about the the on the um news when 
there's a bombing or something like that and the women are tearing their clothes and, the la, 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 and you know yelling and throwing themselves into the grave and just really having a, a spell of just the terror of loss and like I did in the car the other day it's it's hurts it's very painful but it's not the end of me because Christ is all of me and all for me and all in and so I, I mean I I even think like um, with my one of my other friends that's marriage is ending and she was cheated on um, and she said I'm just grieving I just this is this is all I can do right now is this sadness and I if I try and fix it with wine or shopping or food the consequences are so magnificent that she said I she said I find myself just walking around my house just going Jesus Jesus, Jesus. She said, I don't even want it to pray for. She said, because I don't want him back. Yeah. After all this, I don't want him around my children. It's over. But the loss was worth that. The loss is worth that, that season of hurt and pain. But if he's the most and he's everything, then we can do that through and him. He never wastes a hurt. He, he always sent makes something beautiful out of it and so and that's hard to see in the middle of it obviously i think it's the after the fact that you're like oh my gosh i had no idea this could come out of that you know well and i think one of the things that hurts people so much and i know it's hurt me i know it's hurt you is hearing that when you're in the middle of it you know that all things work together for good and i'm like on the floor you know laying in a pool of my own vomit and dying i don't want to hear that that's going to be pretty but i would say that the other day um and I, I told you this on the way over when I was driving and I was just like, God, I, I, or Jesus, as I would actually say, Jesus, I cannot, I'm in so much pain. I, I need you to make this okay. Just, even if it's just for a few minutes. And I swear, I just felt him go, it's okay. And I mean, I just, it just is. And I think grief, I mean, naturally kind of goes in waves, you know, but if we're of the mindset that we're ruined in our seasons of hardship, we're not, we're not believing. Right. And I know that about myself. So I'm not saying that like in a critical way, but I know there are seasons when I condemnation about it. I think we have, I mean, if you are reading Paul, if we're talking about Paul's writings, he's all it's his exhortations are always about belief. Like Mm -hmm. hang in there, keep believing. That's why, Mm because it's hard to keep believing sometimes. Yeah. Don't stop believing. I would say, okay, go ahead. No, no, but it is true. It's true. And that's why it, his letters are all about that. Like, abide, keep, you know, stay strong to the end, stand firm, because it's not always easy. And we're going to have times of doubt. We're going to have times of, like, what are you thinking, God? Like, this hurts too much. And just knowing that he is there with you, and he's sad about it, too. He's grieving. He grieved. Right. I mean. Jesus wept. That's Jesus my favorite. Wept. Yep. And. When he grieved when Lazarus died, and he knew he was about to raise him from the dead. I know, I never still, understood that. Well, because it's so sad. And he was seeing his his friends that were Lazarus' sisters sad, and he felt and disappointed that in him. Yeah, I mean. And all those things. Yeah, no. And, you know. He grieved. He grieved. And he was scared. And he was all of those all things. Of those and things. I think this is the other thing and um, that I believed for so long, too, was that he was doing these things to me. So you could learn. So I could learn. Instead of them just being, this is just life, and here I am with you, and I said to come with you, and you can do all things through me. Right. I love that. 
Yeah, it's true. And I, I agree. I felt the same way too. It's like, it's the give and take away God that, you know, I just have to keep learning this lesson so I can be perfected in him. Um, and in actuality, what I needed to be perfected in was living with him all the time, him living through me, me knowing he was there with me, not that he was ripping things out of my hands so I could grow up. No. And I, t- when I told Justin, I, you know, I, I've told this a few times now, but that I, when we first got into foster care, that I got it, it was my way of throwing virgins into the volcano. It just was, I was like, okay, well, I'll do this. I'll do this ultimate sacrifice. And because then, you won't be the worship leader. I guess we have to take on, I guess all, we have to take on all these orphans. Because Thanks you, a lot. Yeah. But I was kind of martyring myself, thinking that God was up there going, oh, well, okay, now I can ease up on her because she's got all those babies hanging off of her. She needs some sleep. She needs some sleep. Yeah, but it is true. When we're afraid of him, that is a very well, big gap in our in our contentment. Right, and that that's exactly what we're talking about. Is like, and when is it enough? When is it enough orphans? It's never enough when you're when you're just not sure. Because guess what? Things keep happening, and you're like, I guess I don't have enough orphans. It's not getting better. Yeah, and so this time next week we might have a little bit of an announcement that Stacy's trying to edge in here, but we won't say anything tonight. So, but it's not that I think I owe society, and it's not that I I want even the kudos for it. Like when we're talking about like the current situation that we're talking about, which is secretive at this point, but when Justin and I are talking about it next to the pool, like. We're, it's, it's from a different place. It's from the place of, we really like children, but we're tired. Can we offer this? Should we offer this? What does it look like? And before, it was surely out of terror because I was discontent in so many areas of my life where I thought I was, in, it, it was a discontentment in my relationship with Christ, not really with my relationship with Justin. I didn't trust Jesus to take care of us. Because I thought I was in trouble, and so I did that. The you know throwing the metaphorical virgins because I don't really throw virgins into a volcano, but no. that's just because we don't live next to a volcano. But I mean, I was that afraid that you know I have to do all of the things, all yeah, of the that, things. That has been a huge lesson for me this year too. Is that 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 fear motivation is like just taking back for a minute and saying, okay, what is my motivation in this? You know in the, whatever action I'm doing. Is it a fear of what God will do to me or fear that he won't do something if I do this? I, and it's really sad that I have to do that, but it's true. But because, it's true. Yeah. You know, what is my motivation? He's never motivated by scaring us. No. You know, he's always motivated by love. So, you know, that that's just one of the ways I have to capture thoughts and in, in my decisions and why I'm doing something, you know. Because mm-hmm. he, he just is so... And it, it's, this has been my mantra for the last year. Believing God is the catalyst for doing brave things. Right. Being afraid of God is a, just a terrible place of discontentment and terror of thinking that we have to do something to appease Him. And it's sad. I feel sad when I think about that because I'm so happy now. Right. I so. know. Well, guys, that is it for tonight. Um, we have a couple of guests we're still trying to line out and that kind of thing. Thank you again, KGNZ, for having us here in the studio and for letting us ramble on. Stacy, you want to finish us out with that scripture one more time? 
Yes, I will. Should I start from verse 12? I Do I start from st- verse 12 because it's okay. so... Philippians 4, 12. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Love it. And we will see you next week. Easy wives, take it easy. Take it easy.